is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and you're very welcome to this edition of the Undercenter Podcast. Darrett here with you. We are looking back at an eventful week three of the NFL season. Uh, lots and lots have happened. I'm delighted to be joined by Al, Rian and returning this time as a host rather than a guest is we ha- we're delighted to have Rob Marv on the show. Uh, nice lads, how, how are we doing? Good, good. Salty, very salty. I don't know how I ended up on a podcast with three uh, Seahawks fans, but hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, look, it was always going to happen the week after you played, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was it was a guaranteed loss from the start for the Panthers, so I don't know why I'm as unhappy as I am, but I'm very unhappy. No, 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 because Seahawks have this nasty, nasty habit of making backup quarterbacks look like all pros they did it with colt mccoy like three fucking times and they did it with andy dalton last year with the saints um so uh, it was it was far from a guaranteed thing you, you forget and it looked that, that way in the frank, first half it was frank reich calling the plays so you know <laughs> usually you just turn a backup quarterback loose because what can you lose but yeah no same four plays that he always runs screen run third down pass punt that's it well we actually before you came uh, on we were talking off air about it and you're talking about third down pass the one thing that pissed me off so much watching that game on sunday was the fact that every single third down he would target adam thielen and every single third down he'd hit adam thielen um (laughs) and the seahawks made no adjustments in the game to try and say let's try and take adam thielen out out of the game here and try and stop having him as an option on third down yeah, because everybody else is a bum. Like, uh, what's his name? Hayden Hurst maybe is a third down target, but Mingo looks shit. Uh, fucking Terrence Marshall, he's a nobody. So yeah, I know you have you have a you have Tommy Tremble. So oh, know, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All pro Tommy yeah. Tremble. Don't forget that. Don't forget that the uh, the original Kyle Pitts. Um. <laughs> It just becomes wasn't drafted phone. quite as high, if I recall. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. But I think, I think, I think every year he's been in the league. Every sort of fantasy football, you know, um, uh, expert has said, "Oh, this is this is the breakout sleeper. Year. This is the breakout year. Yeah. This is the one to to keep your eye on if you want someone in the fourteenth round to be your tight end for the season." So Even exactly, though, like Cowboys. This is the year. <laughs> We're spending a lot of time on this game, but um, it's it's so surprising to me about Tommy Tremble because even at Notre Dame, he wasn't that pass-catching tight end. He was more like a fullback. He was a run blocker for the entire time. So I don't know why everybody puts this like talismanic kind of image up there when they're talking about Tommy Tremble. It's bizarre. Well, look, a few. look, the best tight end in the league, Will Disley, was known as a blocking tight end there before he was drafted by the Seahawks. Okay. <laughs> not, not Travis Swift, no? Well, I mean, you laugh, but Will Disley, as of week week two, certainly, week two, because he didn't play last week, was the highest graded tight end by PFF in the league. And we know that PFF are really good at grading players, so... Yeah, absolutely no issues there as long as they're good <laughs> grades, you know. 
Yeah. Every single grade about them is wrong, but the Will Disley one is the right one. <laughs> and Jaron Reed. Don't don't forget Jaron Reed. And Jaron Reed. Don't forget Jaron Reed, of course. But look, lads, this is my uh, first show since the season began. Um, I've been off the last couple of weeks, so I haven't had the chance to, other than like the odd exchange in the group show, I haven't had the pro- chance to speak to you about the NFL season so far. So I want to go around the table here. I'll start with Al, go down to Rob, and then finish with yourself, Reen. I want you to tell me one thing that has impressed you through three weeks of the NFL season so far. Now, that can be a team. It can be a head coach. It can be a player. It can be a positional group. But one thing that has impressed you so far, and Al, I know you're going to want to, but try and keep it non-Seahawks related. Damn. It's real. This is my whole, <laughs> my whole thing with this was the Seahawks. Um, does it you have can, to be impressed? Look, with, Look, one thing that Seahawks thing, it's fine. We knew we'll say, we'll say, okay, Seahawks obviously has impressed you. You can explain that why, but then give me another one that has surprised you. How about that? Well, I was going to go with Jaron Reed, um, for for my Homer answer, um, because he has legitimately been an excellent player, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. I think, I don't think that's crazy to say. I mean, he's getting constant pressure, he's really really good i mean technically um with his hands and his feet he's he's been really good and he looks strong and you wouldn't have thought it last year i mean if you watched a game uh in green bay last year his legs just looked gone he played with no effort he just he obviously didn't want to be there and it was just it it was one of the worst offseason signings in my opinion you know before the season and uh he's He's been playing like a man on fire this year. So that, that would have been my answer. Um, I'll let Rob go, and you might have to come back to me on a on a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, one thing that surprised you or um, impressed you so far? It's got to be the Packers, man. Like I think coming into the year, people had like a lot of stock in the Lions and the, the Bears to be somewhat competitive. Um, they've shown that they're nowhere near, you know, like preseason uh, rankings. But the Packers as a team, you like you look at their receiving options and you say they're you know they're not great. You know, they're a lot of young guys on the receiving core, and there's no like name. Like if you look at the whole offense, like the biggest names are their offensive linemen. You know, um, and even with. Uh, they're running backs, you know, they're not always healthy, but they always end up sort of coming back in games and making it somewhat close. You know, they were down, what, 18 nothing to the Saints, and they came back, uh, sorry, 17, and then they, they won 18, uh, 18-17. So, like, Jordan Love is looking like the reincarnation of Aaron Rodgers there. I mean, if you look at, it, like, his throwing motion, just, like, the swag he has on the field, it's like, it's like watching a young Aaron Rodgers almost, but he has legs, he can run, you know. So, you know, for one of his touchdowns, it was a read option and he went in and duked the defender and he was in the end zone. Um, but I think you can really see now that the team is rallying behind him. You know, maybe during Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay, they didn't really rally behind him because he sort of knew the writing on the wall. But I think Packers fans now and the team is behind him and that's probably the most important thing about him. 
Yeah, for, for me, I'm going to go quarterback as well. And I was kind of stuck between two candidates for this. And I'm surprised I, I, I picked a second one because I thought someone would go for the first one, right? So number one is Tua. But I'm going to explain my second one, which is CJ Stroud. For a rookie to be given that much kind of reign over the playbook in his first three starts is incredible. I think he hasn't had a game so far that he hasn't thrown the ball 30 times or more, which is just insanity for a uh, a rookie quarterback he's throwing the ball downfield he seems to be in complete control of that offense and he seems to have found himself a nice target in tank dell which is always great to see a rookie to rookie kind of connection like that so yeah i'm very surprised very impressed with cj stroud he seems to be head and shoulders above the rest of the um the rookie quarterbacks in the league so far so i might give that to you as a suggestion al to maybe talk about Tua, how the bang in the head has given him superpowers <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I can I can go too. I mean, wh- where did this come from? I mean, we knew we knew the Dolphins were going to be a good team when they were healthy, and they weren't even healthy. Did they even have have Waddle in this last game? Um, nope. like nope. yeah, like they're they're playing very very well. I don't think anyone could have predicted quite this. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, Tua's playing great. He's keeping his mistakes to a minimum. He looks decisive. Um, and, you know, Tyreek Hill and uh, the rookie, uh, Devin A-Chain, um, looks great um, together. Uh, yeah, they're they're a great team. And their defense uh, are no sl- uh, slobs either. They look really good. They have been, they've had a really, really good start. And let's say... Uh... Let's use that as a segue um, and talk about the game on, on Sunday. The 70 points to 20 game against the Denver uh, football team. Because I'm not calling them the Broncos anymore. Because from now on, until I see a change in the Denver football team, they will now be called the Denver My Little Ponies. Because they are not Broncos. They are a sham. Um, at the moment, and I know the, I, I I know if you're you thinking it's from Seahawks fan, I'd say oh it's all Russ's fault. This game wasn't even on Russ. Russ didn't even have that bad of a game. Um, that defense that just gave up. Um, I'm very very surprised that the defensive coordinator Vance Joseph is still in a job today, especially after that performance. Um, but not even just that, but giving up thirty was it thirty five giving up 35 points to the commanders the week before and then letting a what we've seen subsequently a shit uh raiders team to outscore you as well um and it's not as if they have a lot of bums on that team they have some really really good players especially up front with the likes of randy gregory in the backfield with of course patrick sertan and and uh, justin simmons but i don't think uh, simmons was available on sunday it's still not an excuse but that team gave up, man. And from now on, the My Little Ponies are going to be called the My Little Ponies until I start seeing a change in attitude, some wins, and to start seeing a, a Broncos team that deserve, or sorry, a My Little Ponies team that deserves to be called the Broncos again. I think that's disrespectful to My Little Ponies. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think they'd do a better job. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I think. The main thing that I'm worried about now is that locker room moving forward. I don't know if you guys saw the interview. I think it was with one of their offensive linemen. I think it was Bowles. Uh, Garrett Bowles. He goes, yeah. 
yeah yeah he goes i'm tired man i'm tired of losing all i've done since i came here is lose and if he as a leader in that kind of offensive unit is saying those things that's going to permeate throughout the whole team and there's going to be a very very bad atmosphere going there it may end up that we don't see this denver team winning many more games this season that i might cap them at three for the entire season yeah someone someone asked in the chat the other day um the the 17 18 browns or this broncos team i think the 17 18 browns that went 0 and 16 smoke this fucking team it's just it's pathetic like they just don't they it looks like they don't care um they're just the offense has been trying and russ isn't without like blame but you know he's been playing well and the offense looks um you know they they look all right but that defense they look anemic it's just they i don't know how to explain it i've never seen anything like it like it's it's they've lost it's they've not, lost something in that defense man it's not the yeah. same defense from before the rush trade no um, but that's it's just that's statistically that's the thing, not... like you, you had a Giro Evero last year who who was a good uh, defensive coordinator last year but the talent is there i mean they they should be good at least or like you know mediocre but well, I'll, I, I just I don't get the regression. Ju- just let me throw this at you, and before Robert, um, I, I bring you in. Um, what's always said around the league is teams that spend big in free agency show how desperate they are. That for years it's been the Jaguars that they spent big in free agency, and those players that go for the big contracts once they get the contracts, you know. Maybe the performance level drops a little bit. And they did spend a lot in free agency last year. They spent a bit this year as well. And it could just be the case of bringing in the wrong players, wrong type of players. Could be. It could be for sure. Um, but, yeah, I just, I mean, that's that's historic. I mean, 70-plus points, I think someone said that's only happened four times. And the last time it happened was like 50 years ago or something. I mean, that's, I mean, I think, look, I said it earlier in the week. I think Sean Payton's job is safe because of what the Broncos have tied up in him. But his chair should be feeling mighty fucking warm right now. And Vance Joseph should be out of a job. He should be gone. The fact that he's still there is just, I think they're trying to keep it together there. But I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Just to flip it over to the Dolphins side of the ball, I think it's 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 disrespectful to them to talk solely about the Denver Broncos in this game. Uh, they my they were ponies. exceptional. Oh, sorry, my little ponies. Uh, they were exceptional in this game, and I really liked the kind of um, how the the team kind of dealt with the situation. You know, you can pull your starters in the fourth quarter, and that is what they did. To be fair, but they also had the chance to put up that record 73 points. And in an interview afterwards, McDaniel said, that's not where what we're about. We're not about disrespecting or humiliating t- uh, opposition teams. And um, it's also not what the, like chasing records is not what this is about. The Super Bowl is what they want at the end. So putting up a historic victory during the season 
doesn't mean shit unless you get to that final stage. So I really like the mentality that they have going forward. Rob, what are your thoughts on, on Sunday's game? It's just like in general. two completely different ball clubs. I mean, the Broncos had a lot of, you know, this Hartman, this like the division is wide open for a wild card, wild card spot. The only team you sort of have to go against is the Chargers. But if you look on player by player base, you wouldn't really think the Chargers are that much different than the than the the, the ponies. And then it's just like it's just two different. And there's something going on in that organization that just is not clicking. Either it's Russell and uh, Sean Payton, or it's just Sean Payton and the players. It's just a team doesn't lose by. What twenty was twenty two seventy for just oh it's just another game, and the thing is when the Dolphins pulled their starters and put in the backups they still scored, like Denver didn't pull their starters. That's the biggest thing. It's like when the team puts in their backups, the game is finished and you still can't stop it. Like Chosen Anderson like came up from the practice squad I think three days before the game, and he had a seventy yard touchdown on him. And it's, if it's that's Robbie it, Chosen against now. The... Hmm? It's Robbie Chosen now. He's changed yeah, it again. Well, whatever his name is, he changed this it every week. week. This week it's Robbie Chosen. Yeah, yeah. Next week it could yeah. be back to Anderson. And it's like, but that was against Patrick Sartain, and that's their best corner. If your best yeah. corner is getting like smoked by a practice squad player, something's not something's not right. Yeah, I think yeah. that just lends to the fact as well that the team just gave up. Um, and just didn't care that he just it got certainly, he got burned. It certainly looked like it. Does anyone want to take a guess onto uh, how many total yards of offense the Miami Dolphins had? Uh, oh, I saw this. It was like seven hundred and sixty. Seven hundred twenty-six yeah. total yards, <laughs> and that was Devin split evenly had, as well. Devin A. Chain had two hundred yards uh, rushing. Uh, Raheem Mostert had 142 uh, all-purpose yards. Tyreek Hill had 157 receiving yards. And then, you know, a couple of 60s and 68s and 66. Like, just... That, what what this was, was a very good NFL team playing a Division three college team. <laughs> yeah. Although there was some chats, um, obviously around sort of the AFI sort of side of things, and people were trying to make the argument that even an AFI side could have done something against the Broncos on Sunday, but then, uh, one of the lads who plays for the Rebels put up photos of like when they played like a Division Three high school that. team, and they, got and they lost like a hundred and two to zero. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we have to ask the question: Was it pre Ty Henry or post or or exactly. Ty Henry? Yeah, that was pre. Pre Ty Henry levels are two completely different things, man. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, well, let's move on. Then it's actually going to be interesting because another team we're going to talk about in a little, little later on, the Chicago Bears are going to be facing the My Little Ponies this week. So, you know, I wouldn't like to. Uh, I'd like bowl. to be watching that game. Now. Oh, toilet <laughs> yeah. bowl is right. Toilet bowl, and we'll get in. We'll get into the Bears, Justin Fields, and and Matt Eberflus in a little bit. But I want to actually talk about the New York Jets because um, it's a bit of deja vu to last year. They went down uh, fifteen points to ten against the New England Patriots. They've lost the Patriots again. Um, I think what did they say? It was like 
uh, 17 games in a row or something like that. The Patriots have won against the Jets or something like that um, now. Um, but Zach Wilson struggled again. Um, they obviously, and I spoke about this preseason, spoke about it in the chat as well, that I didn't buy into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I didn't like the way that it was being run especially with Hard Knocks, the, f- the few episodes that I did watch because I couldn't continue it, where they were salivating over Roger so much. He would make one throw and you just cut to like, oh my God, did you see him make that throw? He just made a two-year throw. It looks so good. Um, then obviously the injury happens and now they have to go back to Zach. No sort of contingency there. Um, and on on our socials, at Pod on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, um, we put up our coaches' hot seat rankings, and we have Robert Sala at number two at the moment. Then a few people are saying that uh, that he shouldn't be on the uh, shouldn't be on the list. But what I want to ask you guys, and I'll start with uh, Rob, you first on this one. Why should he, if if you agree he should be on the list? Why should why sh- why should he stay on the list, or if he shouldn't be on the list, why do you think he shouldn't be on the list? Sorry, that's a mouthful there. That I've just given to you. There. Um, he's losing the Jets locker room at the moment. Um, the defensive side of the ball are not happy with uh, Zach Wilson. He's they're not happy with the offensive coaches. Um, and I think that's a bigger threat to the Salah than say the higher management, because if if he gets fired, which he won't, he probably won't. Let's be realistic here. But he, he, if the defense completely turns on him, and they start racking up losses with Zach Wilson at the helm, I just don't think the players can see Salah the same way they did with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and there's a there's like different tiers to it that maybe they don't agree with what he, you know, what what he what he coaches or uh, per se. But once you lose that defensive locker rooms and you have defensive captains like uh, Williams shouting at them, um, it's not a good look. And even one of their running backs there, one of their running backs was uh, shouting at his position coach. And yep. normally you try to keep that sort of inside your organization. You don't let it out. But to happen on like game day and it was somewhat of a competitive match at the start. And it's just like, they're just... They're losing it. They're really losing at that team aspect of the game. And that's a big threat from. Yeah. Uh Rian, uh Joe Namath was interviewed on a show here at the start of the week, and he was asked about Zach Wilson. He says that he's seen enough of Zach Wilson and the Jets should move on from him. Um Robert Sala sort of even said last season that Zach Wilson wasn't ready. Um, he said all off season that Zach Wilson is still not ready. He's going to learn behind Aaron Rodgers, and I know it's needs must at the moment in terms of Rodgers isn't there, so Wilson has to play. But you saw you saw enough last season that you needed to bench him for Mike White. Um, you brought in Aaron Rodgers; he's injured. You're going now. You're suddenly saying that he is good enough to start for the Jets. They've just signed Trevor Simeon to the practice squad. Of all the players out there, they've signed Trevor Simeon. Um, you're if you're in Robert Sala's position or GM Joe Douglas' uh, position, what are you doing? Are you still going to persevere with Zach Wilson at the po- at with the possibility of you losing your job because of it? 
I got to be honest with you. It, at at this point in the season, I think if I am the head coach, GM, whatever, I'm rolling with Zach Wilson, and it's not because I think he gives you an opportunity to win. I think he's just he, he he's the least of all of the evils out there, right? So you could bring in a guy like Carson Wentz, but he is perennially injured. Um, he's gonna have to learn the offense. He's not the guy, you know. Uh, someone like Nick Foles. Nick Foles is an old man. He's been sitting on the couch this last year. I don't know if he's going to win games. And then you have these big names like Cam Newton. People actually started talking about Orgy3 for some reason, who's been in a booth for the last three or four years. Mental stuff. Those sort of big characters being brought in are going to be detrimental to the Jets as a whole. It's going to take the focus off the football and onto the quarterback situation once again. I think just roll with Wilson, take your losses, and at least Salah has that excuse to go, well, my talismanic quarterback went down after four snaps in this season. And, uh, yeah, that's his excuse to keep his job. Um, now, for me personally, I think they probably should have cut Zach Wilson uh, in the offseason and picked up a veteran quarterback to back up Aaron Rodgers. I think that was the best move forward, but hindsight is twenty twenty. I presume they didn't expect to lose Aaron Rodgers at this point in the season. They maybe could have expected from his previous uh, records that he may miss a game here or there due to a, a knock or an injury, but they thought that Wilson would be the guy to get them over that little hump. 17 games is a totally different story. Um, so, yeah, what I'm trying to say is roll with Zach Wilson, take your losses, get a nice high draft pick, and... Uh, Replace him in the offseason. Now, yeah. uh, Ryan, Ryan saying there that um, roll with Zach Wilson and, and take the losses. Um, I guess I, my response to that would be, you know, that's easier said than done. It's very easy to say, oh, we'll just roll, roll the losses. But you're in a market in New York that, you know, is very cutthroat. Um, you're with the with the fan base, especially with the Jets that have had years and years of hurt. I don't think that they want to allow another just losing season, just being like, "Well, this is the reason why we're going to lose this year. We're not going to do anything about it. We're going to go with the same guy last year that we couldn't get wins out of, or we couldn't get anything out of." Um, I, uh, if it was myself personally, I would look at these. I know you're saying Carson Wentz perennially injured. If it's a Carson Wentz, hell, if it's a Matt Ryan, if it's one of the backups around the league now, throw a late a second or third day draft pick to him down the road, see if they can get him on board. Because trying something looks a lot more productive and looks like you are trying for the fan base and for the ownership so that you have a, a better chance of... Um, making something out of this season and not just, you know, writing it off after uh, three weeks. I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, you're looking like you're doing something with what? I mean, there's... I'd argue that none of the quarterbacks available are even better than Zach Wilson, even have a chance to be better than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is bad. And I think think the available quarterbacks are worse. I don't think that that gets you anywhere. If anything, I think, you know, if, if they're going to make a push for a quarterback, um, you know, try and, you know, get a, one of the UDFAs, um, you know, for, for absolutely nothing. Or, 
um, you know, trade for, you know, a, a pick this year. Like, you know, some people are really high on DTR that went to the Browns, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, you know, maybe make a play for him because he's not playing in, you know, no matter what happens, he's not playing in uh uh Cleveland because they have so much tied up in Watson. Maybe make a play for him. But like the free agents, no. Nah. No. Nah. That's just you know, you're 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 gonna bring in a quarterback for the same outcome or even worse. And yeah. even like, you know, take take all that away. The pass protection in uh in New York right now with the Jets. Well both teams, but with the Jets is putrid. Like properly putrid. Almost almost instant pressure every snap. Doesn't matter what quarterback you put in there. Like short of Mahomes, it's not going to make a difference. So I, I mean, yeah, sure, you could do that to make it look like you're doing something, but it's going to have the same outcome, or worse. Yeah, at the risk of blathering on and overtaking this podcast, um, I, I, I kind of get what Al is saying. It's kind of a double-edged sword, right? You can go, okay, we're going to make a play for a quarterback, and we're going to make something of this season, if. It doesn't work out it looks even worse so you still have this light at the end of the tunnel it's we get our god aaron Rodgers back uh for next season at least there's that little bit of hope it's not this no hope situation where you need to throw out the hail mary if you do throw out that hail mary and it ends up getting intercepted it looks even worse on your team so i think yeah the only route forward is do nothing Rob, um, what are you thinking? Just like like what Al said, their offensive line is just being catastrophically bad. I mean, I think I think they're putting in a rookie now because uh, Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, is on IR. I think um, they have a right guard playing right tackle. They have a left guard playing right. Uh, sorry, they have a left guard playing right guard, and like. That's just is a disaster waiting to happen. You know when you have to switch players around like that. I know uh, their guard that went to tackle Tucker, like he's very versatile and all, but the jump from guard to tackle is huge. It's not like switching guard to center uh, or something like that. It's just, it's two completely different ball games where he was lining up as a left guard. Now he's lining up as his rookie year to switch to right guard this year and then switching from right guard to right tackle. You know, that's, that's two position changes within a year. Um, it doesn't get the best out of the player, which was a first-round pick. Um, and you'd be thinking that there would be somebody, quote-unquote, on the street, which could do the job of a right tackle, maybe even an undrafted guy that maybe have slipped, uh, you know, in the draft or past drafts. But if your quarterback is having problems with interceptions or just throws in general, you want to try and protect them the best you can, and the Jets aren't doing that. Okay. All right. Um, there's no temptation to try and give Tom Brady a call, is there? I think Tom, <laughs> probably, if Tom Brady would probably was, still be better. In the door. Yeah. I'm not sure he's allowed to come back now that he has yeah, ownership. He had in one the, in the oh, door. he has ownership in the Raiders, right, doesn't yeah. he? I just... Yeah. Yeah. 
Conflict it's minority interest, though. Uh, it's not majority. Yeah. So I don't know if that. I still think it's a conflict of interest. I don't think he'd be. Allowed, I think he'd have to give up those shares to uh, to come back. And I don't think he wants to do that. The Raiders are very profitable out there in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. If, okay. well, if Aaron Rodgers got injured in like the start of camp, I think Tom Brady could be in the Jets uniform by now. I think if the Jets rung him up and said, "Hey, we have such and such guaranteed for you." Just play this year, and maybe we'll have Aaron back for playoffs if we make it. I think Tom Brady couldn't say no to that. Yeah, uh, I think it would have been interesting because, for you know, a, a quality veteran quarterback, the the weapons available there are very, very tempting. You know, not just Garrett Wilson, but obviously the the other players that they have there, including Lazard and uh, Cobb and. Um, who's our tight end? Was it uh, Usama? Usama, Usama, Usama. And, uh, and Conklin as well. And then you have like Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall in the running back position. You know. Well, you don't really um, have the... Dalvin Cook. You have, you know, a version of Dalvin Cook. You have a version of Dalvin Cook. You have the name called you don't Dalvin have the Cook. Person. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's move on then. Um, uh, to yeah, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Um, because um, this seems like a very negative show, but don't worry, we're gonna get positive soon about it. Uh, Chicago Bears, um, had their own like humiliating, I guess you could say, but very, very poor start to the season and um, losing 41 to 10 against the Chiefs. The 10 only came around that sort of garbage time, it was 41 0 for so long as well. Um, the Chiefs really took the foot off the gas after they hit that 41. Um, Justin Fields, again, struggled less than 100 yards on the day throwing. Um, did a bit of damage with his legs. Um, he's had a really, really difficult start to the year again um, in a season. Like I mentioned when we talk about the, the Denver Broncos, an offseason where they spent a lot of money. Um, which kind of shows a desperation to teams, like I mentioned, is not working out. Their big uh, linebacker um, free agency, yeah, he went out of the game as well at one point too. Um, I don't know if that's going to be serious. But um, Matt Eberflus, the head coach, into his second year is feeling the heat. Um, and his seat is definitely hot at the moment, probably as well with GM Ryan Poles too. Reen, I'll start with you first on this one. The Bears fast becoming just one of those perennial, I guess kind of like the Jets, where it just doesn't matter what they do in an offseason, doesn't matter who they draft, who they sign, they just tend to find ways to mess it up for themselves. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's been insanity from start to finish in these last few years for the Bears. They just They just haven't done anything right it seems the players they are bringing in are not gelling they don't fit the position groups very well I think the time has run out for Justin Fields I mean he he demonstrates that he has exceptional ability but he is totally unable to read NFL defenses I was doing a deep dive into this in his first three games of the season he has missed not missed, not just not thrown the ball to wide open targets. That should be his first or second read. Um, he's holding on to the ball too long. Somehow he is a an exceptional rusher of the football, but still is getting sacked often. He's not getting out of there 
quick enough. So yeah, their their offensive line is in tatters. Their wide receiver core are not living up to the billing. I mean, if you tell anybody, oh, we have DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney in the building, is this going to be a passing offense? You bet your ass it is, but no, that's Plus, just not what they've Plus done so Cole, far. Uh, Kmet, he's no slouch either at the end position. He's Every single year he improves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they brought in Chase Claypool. He's turned out to be dog shit, but... Um, yeah, he's trash. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, look, the only positive that comes out of this uh, Chicago Bears season is they're going to get two very high draft picks where they can draft probably Drake May, who seems to be a very good passer to football. Now, he still has some turnover issues, but he's going to be able to drive the ball down the field. I think that's what the Chicago Bears need. And then they can stock up on that offensive line with that pick that they're going to get off the Panthers, which should probably be in the top eight, I would reckon, based on the way the Panthers are playing. Yeah, I... uh... I don't have much to say about the Bears um, that, that you didn't say there. Just disappointing, uh, really. Um, just kind of undisciplined football. No one's really putting in the effort. The players are com- – like, the, there was a video of uh, one of the players complaining um, on the field uh, in the Bucks game. Um, I mean, at this point, blow it up. Blow it up. Justin Fields isn't the guy. He's regressed this year. I mean, you've brought in guys in the offensive line, and if they're not injured, they're not playing well. Um, you know, coaching work. I mean, no coaches would be better. It's just, you know, and that that goes back to the discipline. I mean, if the players have no discipline, that's on the coaching, and the coaches aren't good enough. They all need to be fired. Um, and you know, at this point, after this many years of just complete incompetence from top to bottom, you have to start questioning ownership as well. I mean, should they? Uh, I don't know about sell the team, but like you know, maybe bring in someone that knows more than they do <laughs> or, is, or is better. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's. Every year, it's like, oh, my God, the Bears, you know, they might finally be good. And then they just, you know, lay an egg every single game. And it's it's super disappointing. Yeah. yeah oh, well, I, look, I, I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say, Rob, like, you know, just in a, a, a microcosm of how the season started with them already, you know, their defensive coordinator, Alan, Alan Williams, had to leave for, quote, inappropriate activity. Um, they had over $100,000 worth of gardening equipment stolen from the stadium as well. Like, the, the, the team just seems to be an absolute total mess from top to bottom. Um, and, yeah, I guess I... And, Rob, I'll bring it back to you there. I don't know what they can do to sort of make this any better. No, I I saw their schedule there. It looks tough. I can't see them winning another game this year. Uh, You could have maybe before the season, you could have said maybe the Cardinals, they could get a win off them, but with their win against the Cowboys, I just, I can't see them getting another win this year from all the competition. It's just... 
you can't when your quarterback plays the whole four four quarters and he has ninety nine passing yards against the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs don't have a great defense. Like like it's not it's definitely a defense you can exploit. But if you have ninety nine yards passing in an NFL game as an NFL quarterback, there's a problem. And I think he's what he has three touchdowns, four interceptions through the first three weeks, um, which isn't good. But I think there's one play that sums him up. I think, I don't know what, it was third down or something, and he went back for a pass, and he's holding on to the ball for five, six seconds. And then he decides to take off, and he gets a first down. And that is like, it just shows the athlete that he is, that he does have a football mind, but is it in a quarterback position? I don't know. Um, is it too late for a position change? Probably. But if I was the Bears and we're going into week 15 or 16 and we're we're Owen, we're Owen 15, Owen 16, I'd really talk to him and say, hey, we can trade you next off season and you know go to a new place. But if you wanted to change positions and maybe try out more a running back role or a receiver role, like I think he could be actually somewhat decent in that almost because he just evades the tackle so well. And you saw last year, I think he'd I think he had the most rushing yards in one game by a quarterback. Um but I can't if he wants to stay a quarterback, I don't I can't see him being the very starter next year. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting idea to get him to, to two position change. When it gets to the top level like that, I I feel like maybe yeah, they won't do it just because of the ego. ego. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think the uh, ego Lamar, won't allow him to do it. Yeah. Lamar was gonna before in the draft. He was going like teams asked him to switch to receiver. Now Lamar and and uh, Justin Fields are like they're similar quarterbacks in the way they play, but Justin has a bit more weight on him. Um, but it's just his first year with the Bears. There was promise, you know. You could see that he, he's he's getting good throws in. He's gonna have a good deep ball. He can run. But it just looks like it's gone down every single year, and there's nothing you can really do to justify that. Mm-hmm. No, and you're right. Look, maybe he is a victim of the you know the poor organization within Chicago. Whereas, like you're saying, there was promise in his first season. He should be able to, you know, progress and take that leap forward, and you know, start being accustomed to more getting uh getting accustomed to nfl defenses but he hasn't been and that's could be down to coaching could be the the way things are ran over there in chicago on the the, the kansas city side obviously the shock of the uh, opening day defeat to the detroit lions to get back on track with two wins in a row um then they are on the sunday night football actually this week against the jets so that should be train one we're expecting but I guess I have to ask, guys, are we all Swifties now? Call oh, that was going in a different direction. I've seen a stat of like Travis Kelsey's jerseys now have gone up 400% <laughs> since their, their uh, relationship. Yeah. Yes. I think I remember seeing stuff on Twitter. Now, Twitter is great for people just making shit up per se and there's like 
give him like three weeks and his fifties will find out a way to better like grade a play better than PFF. It's just like the falling out stuff from everywhere. I mean, all corners of the internet. And then like, even like from Instagram and TikTok and like, they have no idea who Travis Kelsey is or the Chiefs or the NFL, but you know, Taylor Swift is dating one of their players. So instantly it becomes their favorite team. Yeah. I love this new trend of like ladies telling their boyfriends or partners that uh, Travis Kelsey has now been put on the map. By uh, by Taylor Swift, it's very funny. <laughs> and I saw as well there was someone put up a picture of the uh, the Eagles' offense from behind, and they were like, "Oh, they made a prediction on Monday Night Football, and it's just Kelsey hurts yeah. Swift." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they do I did, that. Though, they yeah. do that. Yeah, the Eagles did have good fun with it on Monday night, just putting tons of videos out of DeAndre Swift and Jason Kelsey together. Um, talking with the two duo that we actually it's a do. Fun coincidence. It came It should. It is actually. It's quite good. But um, yeah. Well, look, we have a, a bit of time left. Uh, we will chat a little bit about so many things to chat about. Trying to narrow it down is actually the toughest part of this. Um, we were going to mention about Vegas. We'll talk briefly about Vegas, not about the team. Um. But more about the predicament that they're in in terms of um, Devontae Adams uh, because he gave an interview after the game on Sunday night. Um, he sounds completely fed up uh, with what's going on in Vegas. Um, and I guess he's kind of the first name of this new season now to come up as a trade candidate before the deadline. So I kind of want to go around the table quite quickly here and see um, – where do you think, if indeed um, Devontae Adams would get traded, where do you think a potential landing spot could be for him? Um, I'll go to you first. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't actually see uh, him come out and make uh, any statements, but I'm not surprised really. Um, it's not definitive, like saying he wants to leave. What he's talking about, like he's getting fed up with the bullshit here, and they need to sort their shit out, and you know, all that, all does- that lovely stuff. It does seem like a bit of a mess over there at the moment. Um, I'm not sure really who who would do with a receiver. I mean, if they are going to trade him, they should trade him, you know, ASAP. Um, while teams might still, you know, want them because, you know, we saw it with Hopkins. You know, he was one of the best for a long time, and he's done absolutely nothing the past few years. I mean, he he's. You know, he's Hawkins, so he's going to make some, you know, good catches here and there. But, you know, I, I think um, before that does happen, if it's going to happen, um, if he does start going downhill, the Raiders aren't going to do anything over the next couple of years. They should trade him as soon as possible. Um, and especially if he's not happy there. If he's not happy there, he's not going to put in the effort. He's not going to help your team. No point in having someone there that doesn't want to be there. So, um. As far as teams that might take him, Jets, Washington. Um, and would he go to those? Yeah, I think he signed. I think in his contract, um, he has a no trade clause, so I think he gets to have final say. As long as he doesn't come to fucking 49ers or something like that, Jesus. that if that was the team I was going to say. 
Oh, that you, was the team Devo. I was going to say. <laughs> Devonta Adams. Because that, that is the exact bullshit that an NFC West team would do. Yeah. Because the Rams did it when they were trading for Von Miller and they were trading for uh, Jalen Ramsey and stuff like sending all their first round picks because they wanted to get that Super Bowl. This is the type of shit that the 49ers will do to try and get them the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and then, I, then I, I think... think I, I think, um, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, you know, I regret to inform you that Brock Purdy might be good at football. Good. Good is as far as I'll go. Um, But, you know, that's all the 49ers need. They're fucking stacked. They should, like, be perennial contenders. But just because Shanahan just can't develop or scout quarterbacks for some reason, um, that's what's held them back. But I mean, this year, I I think they could, like, be the the NFC team. I don't think there's a team there that can contend with them. And if Devante Adams goes to the Forty ers Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, I think he'd have to take a negative dollar contract to move out there. I don't think they have much cap left over with all of the trades that they've been making. Re, um, re, we all know the cap's a lie. The cap doesn't exist. The cap, yeah, the cap does not exist. It does not Well, exist. no, it, oh. it, it does very much exist, but teams like the Saints keep restructuring and, you know, kicking a can down the road and then being, you know, 50 or 60 million over the, over the cap, which, I mean, that the 49ers are already 37 million over the cap next year. So, I mean, they have to win this year. <laughs> Rob? Where, what are you thinking about Devontae Adams? Where do you think um, he could go? I'm thinking of three teams now. This would require a lot of moving around. But I think Devontae Adams is in the point of his career where he doesn't want to go to a team there that's rebuilding or around 500 mark. Now, obviously, it would have a lot of cap, in, uh, cap problems. But like I could see him going to potentially the Broncos because I don't think the Broncos are happy with the uh, the developments of Jerry Judy. I don't think even he come out of Alabama, he almost saw a deep threat and a great route runner, and he hasn't shown that. But more importantly, I think the Chiefs could be a big player in this. Now it's very, very, very unlikely that they trade him in division in the division. But could you imagine an offense with? Uh, Demonte Adams and Travis Kelty in it, but that realistically will never happen. Raiders will rather eat nah. his contract and put him in the in the practice squad and just leave him, leave him the raw. But I could really see the Broncos or maybe even the Lions because they sort of want that second. You know, they have who was that receiver that they drafted? Um, he oh, suspended no. for the first six games or something this year. Jemison Williams. Oh, Williams. Williams. Yeah. I think they're almost fed up with him at this stage now after missing the first year. But I think he wants to go to a system that's stable. I think Jared Goff gives him that stable, you know, that stable uh, offense that they like running the ball. Their offensive line is good. Jared Goff is playing like a top or top seven, top six quarterback in the league this past season and this start of this season. So realistically, I could see him going to the Lions or the Broncos, but that's about it. 
Okay. Um, I'll give two names myself and I'll show these at you. One, the first one is not going to happen, um, but I think would be a good fit. The next one would be, I think, could, it would be surprise, and I think they're a team that would do something like this. The first one, unrealistic, is going to say the Chargers. They lost Mike Williams this week. They ha- want to push for it. Even though I don't believe that they are a Super Bowl team, they think they are a Super Bowl team. I think with Brandon Saley and his weird co- play calling and stuff when it comes to like fourth down is gonna cause is gonna cost them. Um but again, similar to the Broncos, Rob, they won't trade in division. Not a chance. It's gonna be even tougher than to trade within the AFC. The team that I think could do it um is the Cowboys. You took my pick. That was who I was gonna say. <laughs> The Cowboys, I think, is a team that would do something like this um, because they think that they're in the Super Bowl window as well. And up until the game last Sunday with that defense, with Dan Quinn marshalling them, I thought they could, they were in the Super Bowl window as well because I thought they'd been very impressive in the first two games. But they kind of went back to normal Cowboys mode there on Sunday. But those no, are my just, two it's, teams. It's just Micah Parsons and the Cowboys' defense. Yeah, yeah. They they have good players, it's, but yeah. Mike Parsons is that that key piece that makes him a top five, uh, five defense and then a mediocre defense. Like you can line him up on the end, you can have him as an off the ball linebacker. He's that that it piece in their defense. Maybe back a few years ago, they had you know like uh, the likes of Jalen Smith. And uh, he was that for them. You know, Jalen Smith was a real, real good player. And then his knees blew up on him and then he got old. And now he's, and he was the Giants, I think, for a while. But that's about it. But He got caught. Like, he's, I, like he's, you he's say, Dara. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, like you said, Dara, I think if the Cowboys pulled that off, you'd have a real, real hard time not picking him at least get to an, uh, the NFC Championship. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring because I've just thought of someone because I was trying to think it's not going to be in division, so none of those teams that you guys mentioned in the division are going to get them. It's not even going to be in conference because I don't think the Raiders want to leave Devontae Adams to run all over that, let's be honest, poor defense uh, year in, year out. So it's going to be somebody in the NFC. And who's in a position to challenge who doesn't have a serious set of wide receivers and who does he have history with? I think the Green Bay Packers might be a decent shout for Devante Adams to be traded to if he's going to be traded at all. I mean, their current wide receiver core, I don't think any of them are the legal age to drink. So uh, yeah, he's going to instantly fit in and instantly be the number one target. And Jordan Love looks like he is legit. So Giving them a target like that will be absolutely huge for the Green Bay Packers. A return to Green Bay is not a bad show. It isn't. Sorry, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> that oh, shut up, Alexa. Are getting involved? <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't even know the answer to where Devontae Adams is going to end up, <laughs> which is just like the rest of us, so that's absolutely fine. Um, lads, I'm going to wrap up then this edition of the show. Um, I think we covered a lot. Um, thank you all to my brand new Swifties here. 
uh, Al, Rob, and Rain. Really appreciate you guys for coming on. Been a blast. Good as usual. Make sure as well you are following us on our social media channels. Of course, that is Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at UnderCenterPod. The exact same on Instagram, at UnderCenterPod. Also, I um, have to mention that this show and every show this season is brought to you by the Backpage Pub in Bibsworth. That is the place to watch the NFL this season um upstairs every sunday from 6 p.m they have red zone on they're gonna have games on as well with some class drinks some good food and we'll get some quizzes going as well and um, two um but lads until next time stay safe and we'll see you soon